This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for sticking with us. This is Father Richard Kunzlow, Cindy Jennings, coming to you from the most beautiful place on the planet Earth for the month of August, and that would be Duluth, Minnesota. And we have a great interview lined up for the next few minutes here. Well, the next half hour, I should say. Dr. Dan Schneider. Dr. Dan. Is it Dr. Dan or Dr. Schneider? Uh, just Dan is fine. Oh, I only okay. ask that my wife call me doctor, and she doesn't re- re- listen to that, so Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. I'm sure she doesn't. Right, well, Dan, welcome to Real Presence Radio and uh, Real Presence Live. It's great to have you. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself first? Uh, yeah, I, I originally grew up in uh, Columbus, Ohio, just a Buckeye through and through. I went to undergraduate at um, University of Notre Dame, met my wife there. Uh, went into the ROTC program, went into the military right after that, uh, went to helicopter flight training, several other, uh, you know, training with the military, airborne, fair, you know, paratroopers training other schools, and uh, went to Desert Storm right away, right after college. Came back, uh, got out of the military, did, did work for myself for a while, then got in, uh, had a, had a conversion, uh, just a, a spiritual return to the Lord, and um started studying theology uh, 25 years ago. Uh, I was one of the first students to go through the Franciscan program when it was on, you know, back when, before things were online. Got my master's, um, started in 2000, I believe, got my master's in theology. Took me seven years, and then swore I would never uh, go back to study. Um, Then I learned, uh, I was telling you before the show, my Greek and Latin tutor is actually a Minnesota priest. We went, uh, he taught me uh, Latin and Greek, or refreshed my Latin and taught me Greek, and then I applied for a doctoral program, uh, was accepted in that program, and got my PhD three years ago, and now I'm adjunct teaching at Franciscan University, my alma mater, on on their uh, online program. Wow, that's great. uh, First off, thank you for serving our country. And and then also, what, um, uh, uh, what PhD did you get? I have a PhD through the Maryville Institute in Birmingham, England, and it was in biblical studies. Okay, great. Biblical studies, and in, in, uh, I studied the early movements of the New Eve doctrine from from Old Testament to New Testament into the early reception of uh, what 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 the early church fathers how they saw the New Eve and the Blessed Mother. So okay. it's biblical studies with a focus on the Blessed Mother. So. My yeah, two favorite oh, topics. Wow. No, no, that's great. I, I, just one quick question too is which Crozier? Because I know the I know some of the Croziers fairly well. Which Crozier priest is your teacher? Was your teacher? Uh, he's been down here retired um, for many years. His name is Father Michael Catone. Oh yeah, Father Michael oh. Catone. Okay, holy smokes, he was one of my teachers. Was he really? Yeah, I went to Crozier Seminary for two years, and Father Michael Catone oh. taught Latin. Taught us Latin. I was really? not. One of his really? better, I was not one of his better te- no. Uh, students. No, 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 I'll tell you a great story, Father Michael. <laughs> we were sitting down, and I was learning Greek, so I wanted to go with scripture study. I love the scripture, so we're learning Greek. He's teaching me Greek. I go every Friday uh, to his to his apartment, and he's teaching me uh, Greek, and he, and he tells me, we're trying some Protestant book, you know, and all we could find, and it was on New Testament Greek. And after about two sessions, he says, Dan, I recognize that this is my fault. You're struggling. And I really was. I was really struggling to learn Greek. And, he's, and I said, oh, Father, that's very kind of you. No, no, you're doing, it's not your fault. He goes, no, it's not. He said, I've grossly overestimated your academic formation and your yeah. intellectual capacity. <laughs> and so I busted out laughing, and he was being 100% serious. Oh, absolutely. Personality. <laughs> Father yeah, Michael could, know him. oh, yes. He put, the, yeah. he put the fear of God in every one of us. There was one, there was one day where he kicked the whole class out. 
He said, "I'm done with yeah. you," and we all had to leave because yeah. we couldn't get a tra- yeah. we couldn't get one oh line translated. And there's also the rumor yeah. in the school that he had a black belt. I don't know if he's really a black belt, but that even just put more fear of God in us. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he did martial arts as well, and uh, so then I went back and he taught me. I learned Latin. I went to Catholic high school and had Latin, and he refreshed my Latin. And uh, just a very dear friend and spiritual father to me. Um, so yeah. So but but that that was how I was formed. Um, by old school guys like that. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, so if you met, if, if, if you mention my name to him, he'll roll his eyes. <laughs> you think so? You think you'll be, you're that memorable? Uh, I, I think, uh, I think I'll be memorable as one of his all time worst students. And I'm not joking. And, and he would agree. Yeah. So, anyhow, so, anyhow, I, okay, so, <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. But yeah, exactly. About, Maybe about, even about during the, the break, <laughs> even during the break, yeah. I wouldn't mind getting something. Anyhow, so, so, anyhow, uh, uh, Dan, I want to talk to you a little bit about the, the book. Why don't you just give us a brief introduction of the book that I'm assuming you just wrote it? I did. I, it just was published, uh, Three weeks ago, we just came out in print. So during my doctoral studies, I was asked by our local uh, exorcist, well, he was being trained as an exorcist, if I would be on a team. And I said, well, I don't know what that means. I'm getting ready to start my doctoral studies. This was about eight, nine years ago. And he goes, well, just come to the training. So I came to the training, and uh, the guy that was training us, Kyle Clement, who was Father Ripperger's right-hand man for many, many years, and he was just teaching us... um, the, 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 the class in particular that turned the light on for me was the, process, the progression to possession. You got a chart and, and um, walking through the three stages of uh, that go from oppression, obsession, possession, and there's three sub stages within each. As I'm watching this, I'm going back to my own theological training. Uh, uh, you know, the nine levels of prayer leading to union with God, looking you know through the lens of Saint Teresa of Avila, who's one of my favorite saints, and and I started to see that. Everything that the devil is doing is a complete diabolic inversion of the sacred and holy. Um, he creates nothing of himself. It's all a complete inversion of the true one holy Catholic Church and what we believe and practice. So the light started clicking on for me. So I was doing these, you know, really super uber-rational biblical studies in the morning, sitting at the feet of some of the best biblical scholars in the world, and then in the evenings going to all these prayer sessions and seeing some of the most bizarre, um, preternatural things you could ever imagine. And so over time, it began to kind of cohese for me, and the two began to make sense. And so I started uh, working with our local team against my will, I will add. Um, and, and, and then over time, we started, I started participating in, as Father Ripperger and Kyle Clement started developing this four-phase protocol. And so um, the second, this book represents the second phase of the protocol, but I wrote it in such a way that, um, that it's for, for, the, for, for the lay, any lay, lay person or priest can pick it up and go, oh, yeah, this makes sense. So, so this is part of the protocol and experience of Father Ripperger uh, and Kyle Clement, my own experience working cases with them in our diocese. But it's a catechetical dive into the teachings of the faith. Wow. So, okay, so, so spiritual combat is what we're talking about here. Right. Say a little bit about that. Because it's like, you know, I mean, today's gospel, and I've already mentioned this on the show a little bit, is that the, today's gospel is about the wheat and the weeds and how they grow together and the whole concept that evil is always going to be here, you know, with us. And so can you just maybe just dumb it down a little bit for the average, you know, Joe Schmo about what does spiritual combat even mean? Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions and there's a lot of, uh, I think we've kind of uncritically um, uh, accepted modalities and ecclesiologies and understandings from Protestant Christianity without going deeper into our own tradition 
in terms of, of this particular uh, you know, element of the spiritual life, which is spiritual combat. So this book kind of trying to bring things back into Catholic norms. And, and here's a quote that I put early on that I think is, it kind of sets the tone. This is from Father Gabriel Amorth, and I just did the developmental editing for the, the, the biography of Father Amorth for Chan as well. And here's what he says. First of all, he says, one good confession is worth a hundred exorcisms. And so we lose sight. Spiritual warfare is growing in holiness of thought, word, and deed, and going back to the ordinary means of sanctification. Sometimes we, we tend to think, oh, I need this super secret prayer, this, this special you know, silver bullet. And it's not that way. It really is just grinding out through the ordinary means that Christ no. uh, has given us through the Church. The sacraments. Um, <laughs> it's just the, the sacraments. sacraments. Right. Exactly. And so uh, th- there is an element of engagement, but understanding that the end is always sanctification in and through the sacraments. And so Catholic liberation, in our definition, is, is, is reconciliation with God the Father through Jesus Christ in and through the sacraments. And so we have to focus, if you really want to look at this book objectively, it's one long, deep-dive general confession, which most Catholics have never done, and uncovers areas where the enemy is hiding. He enters through sin, but he holds through heresy, so and, and identifies areas of heresy. Um, and, and also, he holds in, in psychological trauma. So, how do we deal with psychological trauma and integrate that through Christ? But here's another quote from Father Amor that I that I that I really truly believe we see this playing out in real time. He says, "Quote: There's always a strong temptation for charismatic sensitives and exorcists of finding ways to heal by going outside of the common sacred means to obtain grace. Those people, he says, try to find quick solutions." Out of the ordinary channels, he says, quote, unwittingly fall into the trap of magic or superstition. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be careful of looking mm-hmm. at spiritual warfare as, in, in some superstitious way. The focus has to be on Jesus Christ, and number one. Number two, the focus from there is what is blocking the grace of Christ from healing my soul. And then thirdly, only thirdly, what, does, what is the enemy doing and how do we stop his activity? But focusing first on Christ in the ordinary ways, which is the sacrament, Sacrificial theology, a spirituality of suffering, and prayer. These are the these are the ordinary ways that we combat evil, and the book tries to walk people through that. Would you say uh, we've only got about a minute and a half before our first break, Dan? But would you say that? I mean, just based on what you're saying, the first thing that pops in my head: well, well, what if you have a non-Catholic that's dealing with some sort of obsession or something like that? Do they have a more of a disadvantage in regards to breaking out of that? Because they don't have the sacrament. Yes, they do. Yeah, they don't have the sacrament. It's like. You could go to combat in a Cobra helicopter like I did, but, but if you don't have, uh, um, if you didn't pack any tow missiles or Hellfire missiles like in the Apache, you're not going to be able to take on tanks. You'll be able to, with, with limited weapons, you'll be able to do limited things, but if you want the full armament of God, you need everything that Christ gave to the, to the Church, which is, which is the sacrament, the sacerdotal priesthood, the hierarchy. All these things come to weight in spiritual combat, so a Protestant is, is at a disadvantage. Yeah, we're talking to Dr. Dan Schneider about his uh, most recent book. That, or I don't know if it's his most recent, but a recent book, "The Libra Cristo Method," and we'll be continuing this conversation on spiritual combat uh, right after this quick break. Stay with us. Welcome back to RPR and Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz along with my co-host Cindy Jennings, and we are coming to you from those beautiful places on the planet Earth in the month of August. That would be Duluth, Minnesota. We're talking to Dr. Dan Schneider about his book, The Libra Cristo Method. And, you know, I think one of the things that are really fascinating to a lot of people out there is the whole idea of exorcisms. And, you know, they just had that movie. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Dan, you probably didn't go and see it. They just had that book, The Pope's Exorcist. It was basically loosely based on uh, Father Amorth's 
I don't know. I don't. I didn't see it. It looked ridiculous to me. It was. It was more than loosely. I, I went to Germany earlier this month or last month, and I was training teams and preached over there. On my way back, I thought I did the developmental edits on his book. I better watch this movie. And I don't like watching movies about the devil. I I, I, I see enough of it during the day. I don't want to go home and watch more of it. I like to be human, you know. So so I thought I better watch it. I got a twelve hour, ten hour flight. I might as well just throw it on. I made it through about ten minutes. Not only did they not consult an exorcist or anyone at or a theologian or anyone even has ever even seen an exorcism. I don't think they even consulted a Roman Catholic. Yeah, I mean this is one. So I, I made ten minutes, and it was the most ridiculous thing well, I'd yeah. ever seen. I mean, just watching the just watching the trailer. I mean, I, there's no way I was going to spend my money and go and watch it. Just the trailer looks so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was almost like they just took other stories and things they heard and other movies that they saw in Hollywood and just patched it together. It but was it, completely nonsensical. It does get to the point of people's inherent interest in this topic, right? Not maybe not Very so much, much a spiritual combat a- aspect of that. They need it. They should be interested in that. But I think just the idea of exorcism in particular or in general, people find that fascinating. Why wouldn't they? Right. Right. It, it, it speaks to who we are as men, our relationship with God. Um, we're beginning to see evil much more open. I mean, look at what happened at Dodger Stadium, look at, mm-hmm. you know, the Target, Bud Light, all these other strains happening, and, and how the, our corporate uh, our corporate culture is now in, in bed you know, with our with our social culture, the woke ideology and these other things. And so we're seeing evil be more rampant, more open, uh, more bold. And so people recognize evil is hitting me, it's hitting my family, it's hitting... It's hitting everywhere around me, and so. But also, part of us too is always searching for the other, and we're fascinated by the by the other, by the supernatural. And so, so you can have an un- unholy draw towards it, but at the same time, something in us recognizes this is true. This is this is evil, and it's not just superstition. And there is a personified evil out there, regardless of what others would say. That 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 speaks to who we are and the combat that we're in. And the Catechism says that all of human history has been one of dour combat with the forces of evil, going back yeah. to the beginning of time. And so, so this is part of who we are as human, is, is to combat evil, so that, that we grow in holiness and finally attain uh, the ultimate vision with God in heaven for eternity. So, so Dan, you you hit upon something that was probably one of my um, pet uh, topics to talk about, is that, that whole woke thing, and the idea of the demonic is it being involved, in that. and I think in a very particular way, not so much just the woke, but also the whole transgender thing. And maybe you can speak, you know, I mean, we have such a rich tradition, especially in recent times with Pope John Paul II in regards to theology of the body, and, and what we are seeing as, as this bombardment on the complementary aspect of how God made us male and female, and it's that inversion that you were talking about earlier. Can you speak a little bit about how you see, how you, from your perspective, from your experience, how you see, like, the transgender movement in particular, because that's very particularly poignant on an, on an evil level. I'm not dis- dismissing that some people really struggle with a, a quote-unquote dysphoria. I'm talking about, and that number is very, very small. I'm talking about the promoting of it and making it like the norm. And maybe speak to that about how the demonic might be involved with that. Yeah, no, it, it goes back to the very core of who we are as humans. You know, St. Augustine said that inasmuch as that we are created in God's image, that, that um, in, in our minds, in our intellects, we reflect God. We are capable of God. Capax Dei. And, and it goes back to when God created humanity, male and female, he made them. Let us make them in our image, he said. So we see the, the unicity of God, three in one, now fully formed 
uh, fully reflected, at least partially reflected, in male and female. And so it strikes at the very core of who we are as human beings. I did a podcast or two on this on my podcast with Jesse Romero. We, we went into this, the history of the transgenderism. It goes all the way back to Egypt. If you look at Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 22.5. It says that a man shouldn't dress like a woman or a woman like a man. And this goes back to one of the, the principal deities in, in the times of the Egyptians. This was the transgender god, the, the great he-she, they called him. The, actually, the, the cities that the Israelites were forced to build bricks for was dedicated to this particular uh, false god. As you know, the, the psalm says that the, the, the gods of the Gentiles are demons. So this transgender god, the, the great he-she, also called the great masturbator, uh, this, we see this at the core of what was militating against Israel and what they came out of. And so he, he tries to... So this mockery of the triune God who makes us in his male and female and his image goes back to the core of who we are and who God is, the unbegotten begotor. And so it militates against our core identity as Christians, and this is why it's the perfect assault at the perfect time in our human history to, to try to make a final you know, a, a, a counter-maneuver against the Church attacking the very nature of humanity and the nature of our relationship and our core identity as Christians. And just normalizing it. I mean, just the way our modern society and our media is normalizing it. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre, but a phrase that we use in ministry is that evil militates to absurdity. And so we see this absurdity, what's going on. And and, and when when, when God allows it, everything the devil does, even culturally and society-wide, God is allowing it. Um, uh, he's completely, in his providential will, is allowing this to happen, even the absurd things that we see, so that in absurdity, hopefully enough, people wake up and say, with Joshua, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to live this way. We're not going to accept this. We're going to militate against it. And did you guys see the bill that just passed in Kansas? They just no, passed a no, bill that a male born with male parts is a male, and a female born with female parts is a female. Well, that's, with, that's wow. good. <laughs> yeah, but one yeah. state so far, you know. Well, yeah. and, the, and yeah. then the whole... There's a little bit of light. <laughs> the whole Bud Light thing. You know, I mean, I'd like to think that, that there's, a, there's a, a goodness there. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a big pushback. Uh, they lost, I don't know, billions of dollars, I've read, um, uh, because of that. Because you've got a, you know, kind of crony capitalism and a woke corporate America embedded in tune with uh, a woke government and a woke agenda. And so part of part of, uh, of what we need, and what I try to do in the book, too, is teach Catholic principles so we can see and discern with right first principles uh, um, and, and returning to the tradition of the Church and what it means to be human. How do we militate? How do we grow in virtue? Um, how do we bring the, the core identity of who we are, you know, um, to, to bear in the public sector? That's, that's extremely important for us. So, so uh, Dan, so you know, you're on a, an exorcism team. You know, without going into any detail, because I'm not looking for detail. But based on your experience with that, what would you tell the average listener in regards to the manifestation of evil's potential for them, based on your experience? Yeah, yeah I mean, um, God is very merciful. Um, even though you know, Father Ripperger would say that one mortal sin is sufficient to cause possession, but God, in His mercy, normally doesn't allow that. Normally, it's the people that are possessed, there's been a long, ingrained, embedded uh, surrender. Often, first commandment and sixth commandment violations um, is where is where um, is where the enemy seems to hold the most. So, learning clean from unclean behavior, clean from unclean spirituality, clean from unclean uh, sexuality within marriage, um, within Catholic marriage, 
learning learning to discern that is very very important. Um, but don't be fascinated by what the, the devil does. Um, what what Hollywood does and what actually happens are are two different things. Father I, I actually talked to a, a producer and said, "Why don't you show exorcism the way it really is?" And he says that it's too scary, it's mm-hmm. too real, you know. So 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 what what we see in session are are, are you know amazing things, but they're often parlor tricks and 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 trying to scare us or back the priest down, et cetera. But the beauty you see out of it, the beauty that we see that that you know it's kind of like being on the receiving end of a, uh, of, a of a sewage pipe, you know and, and that's like working in this ministry and, and but every once in a while it's called the Ripper's analogy you know, a, a lady drops her diamond ring into the into the sink and it flushes down and, and you get it and you see gold, you see beautiful things you hear you hear the confession out of the mouth just a month ago I heard this confession when the priest was invoking the, the Holy Virgin Mary. Oh, her, every time you call her, she comes. She wraps her mantle around you. She's the spouse of God. Things that, that it's hard to hear at most of our Catholic universities to invoke the Blessed Mother and theologians that would admit to the title spouse of God. You hear these things come out um, that the demon professes under duress, the beauty and glory of, of, of the Virgin Mary. Or, or you see the movement of the saints in the lives of individuals that are militating for them for their liberation. You see the fullness of the Church and the truth coming to bear. And, it's, and that aspect of it is extremely exhilarating and beautiful to see. Let's uh, let's speak a little bit of, of your book again, because I, I, I want to get the word out there about how people can get this book. Where do they get it? Who, who, who's the publisher? Just tell us a little bit about the book specifically. Yeah, the book is called uh, The Liber Cristo Method, uh, a manual for spiritual combat. It's, it's put out by Books. You can get it at uh, tanbooks.com. It's also, I, I think that it's on Amazon, but it's been sold out for a while. I'm not sure what the supply chain issue is or what's going on, but um, it's good to support these Catholic publishers as well. So TAM Publishing, our TAM books, uh, Libre Cristo Method, uh, A Manual for Spiritual Combat. There's a lot of books out there telling what the problem is, um, ex- explaining, and I can tell stories like that. I'm working on a follow-up book, but I'll do a little bit more of, of practical examples. But this is a tactical manual. Um, this, is a, this is a how-to manual, if you will. Um, uh, it's a solutions book. Okay, this is how you apply the Catholic faith. This is how we see the sacraments uh, as central. This is how you make a deep and good confession. This is how you identify areas of your own spiritual life or your own psychological defects of trauma. This is what you do with this. This is what makes you vulnerable. This is how you 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 work on this uh, position. You know, this is how you work on this. I saw a video not long ago. One of my veteran buddies sent me. It was a World World War II Army video, and it was says how not to how not to die in combat, or how not to get killed in combat. And it showed this this uh, exchange of uh, two captured Japanese prisoners that was describing how they killed an entire platoon, and it showed how these guys made these mistakes. This one came out of the, this one this, uh, exposed himself over here. This one charged when he shouldn't have, et cetera. And so they, they, this is actually a, a video that the U.S. Army put out. And so this is kind of along those lines. This is, look, this, this is the practical principles to apply uh, um, uh, techniques for spiritual combat, which is really just living in practice in the Roman Catholic, the Roman Catholic faith, the sacraments, the, how to offer you, how to use your suffering as a spiritual weapon, how to pray, beginning with vocal prayer, mental prayer, uh, lectio divina, meditation, gradually over time, learning control of the interior faculties, what it means to be in the image of God, what those, 
how do we pray, how do we get control of invasive thoughts, that sort of thing. That's that's great. Uh, Dr. Schneider, this is this sounds very fascinating, very exciting. I hope yes. the book sells millions. Uh, the book is The Libra uh, Cristo Method, and um, uh, thank you very much. Go to TAN uh, Publishing and, uh, and order the book. It seems most pertinent today than it has in my lifetime, and so uh, thank you for your work, and God bless you in your continued uh, ministry. Thank you. Thank you, Father.